This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Camp Monsters podcast from REI Co-op Studios is back with a new season telling the tales of terrifying encounters with the mysterious beasts of America. Hear about the creatures that wander the woods and lurk in the water, the ones that fly through the air or even prowl around a backyard like yours. We search the country for camp monsters. All you have to do is search for Camp Monsters from REI Co-op Studios wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen to the West Amway podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Amway podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWHU employee. Last week we gave you the categories and respective nominees for the West Amway end of season awards. Our patrons have been voting for their winners so tonight we will reveal the results before getting exclusive news from X and ending the show with questions from patrons of the West Amway. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, on last week's show, you gave us the categories and respective nominees for the West Amway End of Season Awards. The Patreons voted for their winners during the week, and tonight it's time to reveal those results. So, X, when you're ready, mate, kick us off with the first one. Well, we started with the the main one, the Hammer of the Year one, and um, it was very, very um, well supported, these votes. Uh, like We got a lot of people interacting with them. Sorry mm. if I bombarded your emails. We did actually have one patron leave the Patreon because he was fed up with the amount of uh, emails. <laughs> he got asking him to vote, which seems a little bit of an overreaction considering, <laughs> it's a, considering it was a one-off thing. And I only sent about, what, 10 or so, but uh, yeah. see you later, mate. Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, so uh, it's funny because we've been talking about the hammer of the year being between a number of people. Um, it, there's only five people that actually got a, a, a vote and uh, of the, the fourth and the fifth place got 1% of the vote. And that was Ogbonna and Fournells. So fourth and fifth was joint between Ogbonna and Fournells. And third, second and first was between the three obvious ones. Now, it was close. And um, your prediction was almost was almost spot on, mate. Um, which you called on on the uh, podcast where you said that you thought Rice would take half, and then the other half would be split between Suchek and Shafal, and that was wow, pretty, pretty much exactly what you said. So in in third place um, with twenty three percent of the vote was Thomas Suchek. Wow. Um, yeah, which is really interesting because obviously he got nominated for Premier League yeah. um, Player of the Year. But in our patron Hammer of the Year award, he comes third um, to Shifal, who got 26%. So very, very close oh. between Shifal and um, Suchek. And then the, ri- the, the, rice, the, the rice is the winner with, uh, <laughs> with 47% of the vote. And wow. in my eyes, that is the right decision. Um, 
I can see, as I said before on last week's show, I can see the arguments for the other two. And I think that was my order. My order was Rice, Chafel, Suchek. Um, so I agree totally with it. But I do think it is Rice, uh, personally. And I hope, I hope that he does get it. Whether that'll be enough to convince him to stay long term, who knows? But uh, it, it's, it's something that I think he deserves, definitely. Blimey, that's freaky, isn't it? How that happened, what I call. Yeah. Yeah, you call it bizarre. Mate. This is why you are the predictions league champion. Well, it's no coincidence, X, is it? Do you know what I mean? No. It just follows me around. No, well, I won the last two weeks. So I'm the reigning champion, but yeah, you are. You are. You have the most wins. So, <laughs> oh, let's not start this with facts. No, exactly. Like, we'll have no, our not... own fucking podcast on this debate. Yeah, exactly, and not not this early anyway, right? So the next the next <laughs> award was much more of a line a landslide. Sorry. So this is the Young Player of the Year award. Um, the winner got eighty eight percent. So mm-hmm. um, and then there was a then six percent for third and two percent for. Sorry, six percent for second, two percent for third. So in third place was Connor Coventry with two percent. Who's the uh, academy captain and a player that I believe should have been given a bit more of a chance than he has by now. Uh, whether he'll get that at West Ham next year is debatable. I think they're weighing it up at the moment, um, but I certainly think he'll have a decent career going forward. Um, then you've got in third place, sorry, I'm mucking up all the order at the moment. In second <laughs> place, you've got Odebeku with 6%, and then a clear winner um, with 88% was um, Johnson. Yeah, you can't argue with that, can you? No, I think that's, that's obvious. He's the only one that mm. had any impact on the first team, really, isn't he? So... Mm. So, yeah, I think that's quite straightforward. Not really. I like him as well. Yeah, I think he's a decent player. I think there were a couple of times he was a bit suspect defensively, but certainly for his age, he's got a good career ahead of him, which does make me think, do we need to sign a new left back? You know, like we've talked about on the show before, right back, you're covered because you've got Chafal and then I think Fredericks is a, a decent alternative. And then left back, you've got obviously Masaraku, Cresswell, Johnson, and Johnson can play right back as well. So really, do you need to actually invest in fullback position? Yeah, there's there's a fair uh, argument to say that we shouldn't because obviously, you know, you'd be back in your academy player, which is something that obviously we've done in the past, but not so much in recent years. So, it, you know, it, it's an argument to say he should be given a chance there. And to be fair to him, I know what you're saying. There's been one or two question marks defensively, I think, towards the end of his playing period this season, I think, maybe in the last couple of games. But let's not forget, the games he played for us, he's played against big teams with Mm. good players Mm. uh, and he's held his own. So I think he's he's, he's kind of gone through that cutting your teeth period. I think if he gets this award um, officially, not not through this podcast, (laughs) I don't think he'll be held in that that higher esteem, um, then I think it, it would doing wonders really and I think um, I think you know he, he should be given some sort of an opportunity and obviously with our European campaign to look forward to we might see him get a run out in that competition as well as the League Cup consistently but yeah I like him I like him and um, hopefully he's got a future there mm, let's hope so so this is on to goal of the season now I was a bit surprised that the fact that this was a landslide as well, because I thought there were so many good goals to choose from. Um, in third place with 3% was Elaire's overhead kick against Crystal Palace. Um, in second place with 4% was Lingard's solo goal against Wolves. And then a clear first place, 90% of the vote was Lanzini against Spurs. Wow. I mean, that is high. That mm. is very high. But... See, it, I don't think it's anything against the other goals. I just think that goal had absolutely everything in terms of who it was against, the minute it was scored in, the celebrations, and just the fucking technique behind it. It had absolutely everything, which is why, really, it should have won officially goal of the season yeah, for the ridiculous. Premier League. How it didn't is a fucking joke, to be yeah. honest with you. Well, yeah. I'll tell you how it didn't, because we're West Ham. Exactly. If wearing a Man City shirt, it'd have pissed it. 100%. So, you know, so that gives me the ump. But it's just, it's nothing against the other goals. It's just that that goal was one of the best goals I've ever seen as a West Ham fan in recent memory, that's for sure. Easy. Mm. Mm, definitely right so on to signing of the season um oh, I mean, third place it says he had zero percent but i can see a tiny little bit of blue on the bar so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go with he might have got like one vote which wasn't enough to constitute as one percent but so in third place was dawson 
Um, so, um, which I think you said was second, third place was Dawson, second place was Lingard with 9%, and then first place was um, Chaffel with um, mm. 89%. Yeah, can't argue with the winner for me. He's been sensational this season, absolutely sensational. Yeah, I agree. So I think, yeah, pretty much I've, I've agreed with every award so far, I think. Um, most improved player, uh, third place only got 1% and that was Antonio, uh, but then it was reasonably close between second and first. Uh, second was Fornells with 40% and then first was Cresswell with 57%. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I can argue with that. I don't think I can argue with that. I think there's a fair argument, really, between Fornells and Creswell. But I think if I was to have that argument with myself, like I did last week, I think I gave it to Creswell when we spoke about this before, didn't I? From yeah, memory. you did, yeah. Yeah, and I think I'd stick with that. Yeah, so I'm happy with that. I think that's fair. Yeah, me too. Did you see that Fornells got in the Spanish squad today? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, well deserved. Yeah, whether he makes it to the Euros or not, I'm not sure, but just just to be around that team, you know, is only going to benefit him, isn't it? And also for him to know that he's on the fringes of being in, um, you know, in the Spanish squad might motivate him to uh, really sort of kick on. Definitely. Definitely. So I think that's good. Um, and it's good so- for his teammates as well, because, you know, if, if your national side is looking at you, when you're at West Ham and you're achieving what you're achieving this season, that in itself is a motivation. It's not as if anyone that's potentially going to come to West Ham or is already playing for West Ham doesn't have a look in on the international stage. You know, mm. we've got so many international players mm. um, and, and that there with four nails. When you look at Spain as well, they're a good side. For him to, to get a, a look in is well-deserved on his part, but also shows that, you know, you play well in the Premier League, even if you finish sixth place, you know, countries ain't necessarily just looking at the top four in England, you know? Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, so this is performance of the season. A bit more spread the result here. And also in the comment section, people were listing games that I hadn't shortlisted, but um, that's fair enough. But I obviously couldn't shortlist every single one of them. I wanted to sort of narrow it down a little bit. Um, and in third place, um, just um, is... Uh, the 4-0 um, home win against Wolves with 12%. In second place was the 3 all Spurs away game with 13%. And then in first place, so by quite a long way, but it was the sort of second and third place that so was close. Um, in first place is the one that we said as well. And that was the 3-0 away win at Leicester. Yeah, unbelievable performance against all odds as well. Mm. Um, also, Chiffel's debut. Yeah. Uh, so a special game for different reasons, really. But yeah, I can't argue with that as well. I think, you know, so far, well, I think you're, um, you're a hundred percent so far for me, yeah. Hammer, you'd still be Suchek, but uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't mean, I disagree with anything so far. No, um, celebration of the season. There's so two uh, third places joint between Antonio against Burnley, the swimming one, and Rice against Southampton, which I'm informed is a rapper. Um, I did actually find out his name, but I've forgotten it already. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, we're getting old, mate. And wait. Oh, we really are. Honestly, it's embarrassing. I think the fact that I don't have any clue, but um, yeah. Anyway, apparently it's quite well known. Uh, second place uh, celebration was Lingard's the um the band against Spurs. And then first place was 65% um, was Lanzini against Tottenham, just running off with his shirt around his head, really. But right, okay. I think I might have what did I say last week? I can't remember. What did I you... can't remember. I, I've got a feeling we both went with Lingard's one. I but I can't say for certain. Mm, I, yeah, I think you're right, you know. I think we did. Mm. I think, you know, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you're either going for humor or passion yeah. when you're deciding who to vote for there. Um, yeah, again, it's a case for both, isn't there? Both brilliant celebrations. One was just natural, raw, intense passion that we all just fed off. It was electric through those TV screens. And the other one was just fucking brilliant, wasn't it? Just funny. And just just a real sign, again, like Tottenham, of just unity, you know, between the players and, uh, and just shows what a cracking group of lads they are. So two brilliant celebrations. But yeah, I can't complain too much with Lanzini, to be honest. No, exactly. I think it is just that, like you said, it's a question of passion or a question of quirkiness and passions won on that occasion. Uh, so this is most missed and this is our closest percentage for first place on this one. So we've got a joint third place, joint third place with 7% is Cullen and Dean Garner. 
Um, so both of them came third. Then we have second place with 38%, and first place got 40%, so very slim between them, yeah. Second place was Alaire with 38%, and first place was Snodgrass with 40%. See, I find that that strange, if I'm honest, those decisions. I I can't, for one second, think of a single scenario when I've personally missed Ian Garner. Mm. Um, I I think it can only be anti-Mark Noble fans that have picked uh, Cullen because I think when Mark's come in, he's done a better job than Josh would have done, if I'm honest. It's possibly because Cullen's also gone on to do really well in um, in uh, in Belgium, hasn't he? Yeah, possibly. And he, he plays for his country as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be honest, I haven't been keeping tabs on his career since he left West Ham. So maybe that's the viewpoint there. Mm. Um, Snods, I mean, obviously great character around the dressing room, always gave 100% for West Ham. I loved him at West Ham. How much would he have actually played this season? I don't know. Um, And I think I stick to the reason I gave earlier on, uh, last week, should I say, when I said um, that, you know, without Antonio, we have not got one single natural striker. Even Antonio isn't a natural striker. So to have had Halea as opposed to no one, got my vote. So, yeah, I was quite surprised by that, X, if I'm honest. Yeah, see, I went with Snodgrass, so I'm continuing my 100% record, yeah, but but mine was more kind of sentimental than what I wanted in the squad. So I was like, you know, Snodgrass is a top bloke, he's done a lot for the club, you know, was a decent-ish player for us, Um, whereas Hilaire, probably we needed him more, and from a playing perspective, probably was the one we could have done with most having this season, but he just didn't have the same warmth of of personality as Snodgrass did, did he? So I think maybe Mm. that's why that's happened. Mm. Yeah, um, makes sense, makes sense. So this is quite a, a wide-ranging award, this one. So this is probably our most sort of spread-out results. Um, and it's the most disappointing thing of the season. So looking at this, it is very close. I mean, very close between fourth and third place. So I'm going to say fourth place because it's so close. Fourth place with 16% was VAR. And then third mm. place with 17% was injuries to key players. And then second place with 22% was having no fans at the game. And then the top one is um, selling Hilaire with no replacement for 27%. Mm. I mean, I think I went with VAR last week. You did, yeah. Just because I hate the technology. And that is an ongoing thing as well. And I think the disappointment is, you know, it's here to stay realistically because the amount of money that's been pumped into it and what it's done to our game is beyond disappointing. So that's why I voted for it. But yeah, I mean, again, that's with Hilaire. I I make people right in that respect. You know, I, I didn't necessarily disagree with him being sold if someone else could have come in. But the fact that they didn't is disappointing and we didn't do ourselves any favours with kicking on for a Champions League place because it's incredible, really, when you look at that final table to think that we were just two points off of it. And I try not to focus on that too much um, because it's just been an incredible season. Would we have had the incredible season with the fans? It's a horrible talking point. <laughs> but it certainly hasn't done them any harm, has it? Us not being there. That's, mm. that's a fact because we finished sixth. So, you know, it's disappointing that we can't be there, but would we have performed if we were? So that's why that wasn't in my my mindset. Yeah, I can I can kind of understand why people voted how they voted, I suppose, in terms of the winner. Do you agree with that? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. If you, I mean, I was disappointed, but then I really wanted Alaire to go. You know, I found him very frustrating. So it is it is the fact that no alternative was signed more so than it being Alaire. But then I think no fans, and I was gutted to not go to a single game all season. Yeah, so from yeah. a personal perspective, you know, that was quite bad. VAR continuously pisses me off. So, yeah, I can see that one. Missing the Champions League was an option. You know, that was, was uh, gutted because obviously that was way above expectations. But the fact that we were in the running till very near the end was disappointed that we sort of didn't quite get there and then injuries to key players you know if we'd kept Rice if we'd kept Antonio if we kept Ogbonna fit the whole time 
would we have made the Champions League anyway? And I'd because it was so close, I'd probably say we would have because I think with those three, arguably our best defender, midfielder, and forward, if we'd kept all three fit, then um, we probably would have got to the Champions League. And then all the other stuff is is like irrelevant in some respects. Mm. I mean, look, I know it would have been a phenomenal achievement if we'd have qualified for the Champions League, but I've got to be honest with you, Rex. Part of me, part of me thinks. As magical as that would be to see a Champions League game at the London Stadium under the lights or going away to one of the big boys, would we potentially, potentially get smashed every game? Would we potentially embarrass ourselves and ultimately end up in the Europa League anyway? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You're right. It, it could have been a very short-lived thing, but I think just to be able to say that we were um, in the Champions League would have been. Would have been nice, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it would have. It would have. Yeah, it's more of a credibility thing, really, isn't it, than actually having a crack at the tournament. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just to say that I actually saw my club play in the Champions League. Mm. There's not many fans that can say that, is there? Really? So, no. but yeah, it's just whether it will ever happen again, who knows? Right, best kit, a uh, bit of a landslide on this one as well. So, third place was the away. Second place was the home with 15%. And then the winner was the third kit with 79%. Yeah, agree with that. Yeah, me too. And it was also the most successful kit as well. So it was the nicest, but we seem to play better in it. So it's a double winner reason for choosing that one, isn't it? Um, Reasons for success. uh, Joint third place, we're having no fans and the players, which is interesting. Mm. Both of them with 3%. Um, second place was Team Spirit, which was thirty-eight percent, and then first was the manager and the staff, fifty-three percent. Now that's interesting because I mean this award's a little bit of a I don't know crappy one, I guess, because you can say that you know the Team Spirit is caused by the players and the manager has caused the Team Spirit, who's bought the players. They all kind of mm. intertwine a little bit, don't they? Um, but yeah, the, the real reason that everyone kind of thinks. Was the success fifty three percent was the manager and the staff, mm. and what was the percentage for GSP? Uh, the board zero percent, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the board and poor opposition form zero percent for both. Right, right, okay. Interesting. I mean, I mean, they must look at that. I mean, you know, I agree. I wouldn't say it's the reason, but they must look at that and think, gosh, you know, zero percent. We're not. They're going to look at it. That makes it uh, makes it sound like they're patrons, which they're not. Um, but you know, they stick to Claret and Hugh, I think. But uh, I don't that think they'd would... spend that much on Patreon. <laughs> no, exactly. They'd, they'd want to. They'd want to take a subscription <laughs> over a period of like six months. Yeah, you know, ATP <laughs> a month or whatever it would work out. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then they'd want some sort of clause put in there, wouldn't they, that they could release yeah. themselves without. Yeah. Payment from the down the line, so and the account would have to be under Will Salthouse's name as well. Yeah, exactly. We'd have to, he'd have to take a percentage, definitely. Like, <laughs> <laughs> two quid if it goes to Will Salthouse, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so no, they, yeah, but if they were to look at it, zero percent is pretty damning, isn't it? Mm, it is really, yeah. I mean, look, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's no way I can be comfortable not giving an ounce of credit to them for where we are now. I wouldn't give them the majority of the credit, but they have to take an ounce of it. And uh, yeah, I think 0% is harsh. I'm being honest. I know it's not a popular opinion, but I think that's harsh. What percentage would you say would have been an acceptable percentage then? Um, Well, I mean, there's quite a few other categories to vote for, but I would say 10%. Okay. What about you? No, I'm torn because you could like there's always that old age argument, isn't there? That you could um that you know they appointed the manager, they signed the players, etc. Mm. etc. Et it's a valid argument, X. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So that's what I'm saying. Right. You could go down that route, but then I think ultimately, yes, they did appoint the manager, but the manager did so well that I would say it's more down to the manager than it's weird though because they appointed him so well, it's yeah, a chicken yeah. in the egg isn't it yeah exactly that's the thing yeah it is a bit but I just think because they're so so unpopular that they mm. almost have just they won't get any credit you know if we won the Champions League I don't think they'd get any credit mm. Mm. yeah so I know they're, I they're, think they're, they're in a bit of a no-win situation because yeah. of ability or lack of it yeah that's the thing they're just, they're just not they just don't they're 
what well, regard if you take out the lies and all the other things that people say about them and if you just take their sort of i don't know pr profile it's just so it just doesn't help them does it i think david gold's probably got the best one but mm-hmm. and he kind of you know managed just to play not play because that's the wrong word because he was a fan but you know he's got that card hasn't he how he grew up opposite the stadium and played for the club etc etc so he's got a bit more sort of appeal but DS and Brady particularly Brady just don't have any PR relationship at all and you think that they're so successful you'd think they'd know how to do it better if that makes sense you know because part of doing something well like being a good a good business or a a, 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 i don't know like an influencer if you if you want to use that word or someone in the limelight is that you've not only got to be successful at whatever it is you're selling or doing but you've also got to be able to I don't know, at least get people to respect you or like you or, you know, the majority. I mean, not everyone's going to, but you need at least some percentage to back you. But they doesn't they don't seem to have any. And they're mm. and they're yeah, they're so successful. So it's mm. a, it's an interesting one. This this award is a bit ridiculous, but best keeper. But what is interesting, and I have to question the Patreon maths a little bit on these polls, not the not the patrons in our patrons with the actual program because it says that Trot, Martin and Randolph have 0%, right? Which are the only other options? And Trot has 90... Uh, sorry, Fabianski has 97%. So <laughs> where's the right. other 3% gone? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. So I think what it probably means is that the others maybe got like uh, like 0.4% or something and they've just rounded it down or something like that. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But you no. have to get VAR to look at that one, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that so anyway, that, that one was obvious. But best defender, um, in a bit of a landslide again, but not as much as I thought it would be. Um, so in third place was Cresswell three percent, um, second place, Ogbonna with twenty percent, and then first place, Shafal seventy four percent. Oh, blimey. I mean, rightfully so. West Ham fans love Shufel, don't they? Love have you seen what he's done today? No. Apparently, he's, I didn't I haven't actually seen it. It just popped up on my phone as a headline that um, he's, he's knocked over the manager of the opposition in the Czech Republic game today. I don't quite know the context or the actual, you know, what he actually did, but um, don't think he's done it as like a violent act. I think it was an accident, but it's just like shows like what a steamroller of a player he is. Okay, I thought you meant he was driving then when you said that. I fucking shit myself. What is going to lock the cunt up for seven years? <laughs> no, you know, he's, he's playing international football right now, as are, as are quite a few of our players. If I say so like that again, you know, not to panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, that, that percentage on Creswell surprises me. In what respect? It's very low. Yeah, but it's because he's just come up against like Bonner and Chaffel, hasn't he? Yeah, but I wouldn't mean, you say that that percentage would be closer between Bonner and Creswell than it was? I don't know. I think I think really? Creswell played really, really well and was definitely deserving of most improved player. But I think Bonner, up until his injury, um, when was that? About November time, was it? I can't remember now. No, it must have been later than that because it was against Man United in the cup, wasn't it? So let's go January time. Um up until that point, I would have said he was hammer of the year. Mm, mm. So I think that's why he's taken such a big percentage. Mm, no, fair enough. I, I don't disagree with the order. I'm just a little bit surprised by the percentage. I would have thought maybe with that 20% share with Creswell and Bonner, maybe more 12 and 8. Okay, fair enough. Um, In the best midfielder award, this is interesting because firstly, third was Funnels with 2% actually beating Lingard. Um, which is interesting. So Funnels wow. was third, Suchet was second, but only with 17%. And then Rice was first with 78%. Blimey. Yeah, so. that's a that's a big deal. I, th- I think he's going to get it, X and a uh, hammer of the year deck. I would hope so. It's in- but the thing is, like, it's hard to tell because whilst you look at our patron, you would say, well, yeah, he's taken half the vote. So realistically, a sample of however many voted it's a decent little sample there so you could probably use that but it's like all opinion polls isn't it they're never entirely reliable so it depends you know whilst our patrons might think it they might you might have i don't know die hard 
West Ham fan TV subscribers that that don't think it, you know. So it'll be interesting to see anyway. Mm, yeah, it will be. Um, but yeah, I do believe that it should be him. But anyway, I've, I've said that best forward, Antonio, easily, easily it was the winner because there's no other options. I mean, Alea got 1%, but Antonio <laughs> won that one. This is interesting. Now, best podcast guest, um, I, I, I ended up adding loads of Thurmond. The vote so spread out across a lot of players. Um, but having a quick look here... <sighs> The one, the notable one. So fifth place was Ray Winston with ten percent. Fourth place was Ian Bishop with eleven percent. Third place was Sebastian Schemmel with fourteen percent. Second place was Chris Akabusi with sixteen percent. And first place was the only podcast I didn't do. <laughs> so, maybe, so, so maybe I should take note of uh, of what's happening here. There's the uh, Anton Ferdinand with twenty one percent. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So fuck you all. And fuck off. <laughs> I will never do it again. Just, I just would like to put in writing that I organised the guest and wrote the questions for that one. Dave, hey, you've not mentioned it. <laughs> uh, to be fair, though, actually, mate, I actually think it was a really, really, really good interview. That one night, like, because I just think mm. it was so rich of content because it had it had obviously all the stuff at West Ham and he was at West Ham for an interesting period you know the the sort of he just got in the team as we got relegated with Avram Grant and then he was um, there not Avram Grant sorry um uh Glenn Roder. I mean, just in the uh, team with him. And then he got um, in the team of Pardew, obviously experienced the two playoffs, then the FA Cup, missed the penalty in the FA Cup, then left West Ham because of the finances, then the whole racism thing, then the coming back as a fan. There was just a lot of good things mm. covered, I think. No, it's very true. And, um, and like you say, and obviously you have mentioned this once or twice, but you, you do do the questions for the show. <laughs> um, but, and and obviously they're, they're good questions. Every time we get a guest on, you do put together some good questions because you're better at putting them together than I am. Um, but really and truly, those shows are only as good as the guests. Yeah, exactly. You know, obviously we're not going to mention any names, but we have done some in the past. We're a bit like, ugh, you know, it's um, yeah. dragging on a bit. Or well, we always know. have a debrief, don't we? After every interview, yes, we, we always you always call me and we always talk it through. And yeah. the ones I always find that are the ones I don't enjoy the most are the ones where they almost answer all of our questions before we've actually <laughs> asked the question if that makes sense and there's yeah. a few players that spring to mind yeah. um, that have done that and also when when I don't know when they haven't actually done that much you know it's hard to get questions out of some people um, but it also depends on their personality I mean we've interviewed some people that have achieved a lot at West Ham but Mm. Didn't do it, didn't really do that much. I mean, you think about it, right? So, you like you talk about some of these interviews, like Bobby um, Gould, for example. I mean, he got zero percent in this poll, but I actually really enjoyed that one because of his personality. Mm, you know, I thought yeah. he was a really good person, and then yeah. you know, I was really surprised. I mean, Tony Carr only got two percent, and I thought oh, that wow. was a really, really good one. Yeah. David Cross only got two percent. I thought Cross, very funny fella, yeah. you know. Um, it's just yeah, yeah. Right. and I actually I mean there's others there I mean other got two percent um but there's others that I actually even even missed someone's put here Mad Dog I don't know why I forgot him but his was good wasn't it Yeah that was very Ju- good as well I forgot Julian Dix John Moncur yeah, oh, I forgot him really Stuart yeah. Slater was that in there I forgot Stuart Slater <laughs> oh, did, I, did I forget him actually yeah I forgot him. So yeah. the poll was a bit shit to be fair because <laughs> I missed so many off the, off of them. But um, yeah. yeah, I think what about Trevor Morley. How did he do? He did all right, three percent. But 3%. Mark Mark drunk Mark Ward got three percent. Right, right, okay, um, yeah. I mean, we've had some brilliant ones. I mean, it's it's funny, you know, because I think a lot of people get excited about players from a recent era. But what I find is, and I don't know if it's just my opinion, a lot of players that have kind of relatively recently retired from football still have that element of being media trained I think yeah whereas if you talk to the boys from the 90s the 80s or the 70s they're just very much themselves I think there's more kind of 
bit asked to say a bit more character to those people, but I think there's a bit more of a, my guards down and I'll speak yeah. openly, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I thought Joey O'Brien was good. Yeah, though, true. true. But, um... Actually, to contradict myself, Joey is an exception to that. Yeah. I thought he was good and uh, obviously dropped in the odd fuck as well. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but I, you know, we love all of them to be fair. We love all of the interviews we do. We really enjoy them. And, I... and you know, just quickly, X, what you were saying about Bobby Gold, you know, one dilemma that we both have when we do these shows is if there's a player that we've, we've got on, um, that maybe only a small percentage of their career was at West Ham, we do get quite tempted to talk about other areas of their career because we yeah. actually find it quite interesting, X, don't we? Yeah, like Bobby Gould, for example, I'd love to have tapped more into the days at Wimbledon because I think that yeah. was a fascinating time in football, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, definitely. But we are conscious and probably worry a little bit too much as to what West Ham fans will think if you know, the percentages start to go 50-50, 50 West Ham, 50% the other career, regardless of how interesting it is. So we always try and keep it West Ham. But no, we, we do enjoy these interviews. And um, yeah, am I surprised by the votes? Probably not, because I think the ones that I said were stand out last week were Akabusi and Shemmel. So yeah. I think that's about right. Bish was hilarious. So I'm pleased to see that he yeah. was up there. Yeah, fair enough, I think. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this week's uh, interview goes, because if I, if I was to write down... I don't know, players I was dying to interview um, since we're doing this podcast. No disrespect to the fellow. And I can't wait. To, I hope he doesn't listen to this before he does the interview. But he's not. Yeah. Um, he's not the sort. He's, he wouldn't be on my on my top of players that I was desperate to interview. Um, but he's still he still played for West Ham over a significant period. So I'll be interested to see what what he's got to say. And we have got a guest coming on. In a, in a couple of weeks' time that only played one season at West Ham. So that's going to be an interesting one to see how much we can get out of uh, that interview. I'm a good player, but only one season. We've got a player that only ever played for the academy coming on at, at some point as well. So, But the, I still think they all have a different story to tell and a, an interesting take on things. Well, I think he, if you're a West Ham fan, and I'm only talking from a personal perspective now, and I've said this about the events as well, if anyone has put that shirt on and done the one thing that we would love to do as fans, which is play for West Ham United, then they're worth a listen. Mm. And it's like you said, some of the interviews that we've done, you know, the most unlikely of entertaining podcasts have come from those people that have been with us for a season or was on loan for a short period or, you know, was in the academy and, and left under controversial circumstances, whatever it may be. Um, I just think that that can be some of the best ones then. And, and that's, um, I think that's proven with some of the comments that we've had from some of the ones that we've done, you know, i.e. I can remember some, some comments sort of saying, oh, I didn't expect him to sound like that, or that was really interesting and didn't have high hopes for this one, but that was fantastic. So I think as long as they played for West Ham, it's worth a listen. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned, they deserve respect for playing for my club. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that, like you said, they've all got a story to tell. Like if you take one of the players that's only played a season there, no matter what season you played for West Ham, there's always something that would have gone on, as is the case with the player in question. But you pick any season at West Ham, there's because of the way the club is, there's always something controversial or interesting player or something like that. You can drag questions out of. Yes. And do you know what? And I'll go back to what I said last week as well. If ever you want to show an outsider, so someone who isn't a West Ham fan, how special West Ham is as a football club, listen to the Sebastian Schemmel podcast. Yeah. Because for a player who ultimately played, what, a year and a half for West Ham? Yeah. He essentially retired from football because his mindset was, if I can't play for West Ham again, there's no point in playing football. Yeah. The man's got a tattoo on his arm. He's named a restaurant. Um, after it's, Upton Park. He texted me when West Ham qualified for Europe. Actually, randomly, he texts me and he just put something like, see you in Europe, my friend, or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, so, yeah. uh, he calls me my mate, actually. Does he? Yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and and he, he put something in French once as well. And uh, I thought, well, what's that? 
because I said bonjour when we started the show, so I, I think he assumed I spoke it. Yeah. So I had to go on to Google Translate, and he said, uh, my friend, I prefer you much to X. So I'm, <laughs> make of that what you will. I don't know what he meant. But, um... In my head, I was thinking, hold on, how often do you two speak then? Because, <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> exactly, because I, I get these players, and then you get their number, and then all of a sudden you're out drinking with them, and I'm like, what the fuck? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what though, I was touched to um, be asked to be your son's godfather as well I mean honestly, oh, yeah 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 I didn't see it coming I mean we've been getting on really well don't get me wrong but um, that, I was really touched by that so thanks Ed. <laughs> I don't know why you bothered all you'll do is forget his birthday forget his name <laughs> if, uh... yeah I'm not going to put you down as a reference <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, right so the, fi- the final um Final award, no, actually, sorry, two more. Penultimate award was the away day most excited for. And I just listed every single club in the league. Um, some clubs got 0%, which is interesting. You know, Wolves got 0%, which I think is a good away day. Watford, I've had good, good memories of Watford, 0%. Man City, 0%. Um, Everton, which is a great away ground, um, a great city as well, 0%. Arsenal, 0%, you know, local one. Um, and then, so looking at this, there was some big ones that got sort of decent percentages. In fact, there's only three of them that got big percentages. The rest are like 1%, 2%, 3%. Although, shout out to Norwich, which did actually come fourth percent, fourth place. So it's not um, not just me that likes going to Norwich. Um, although it did only get 4%. Um, third place. Um, well, joint, sorry, joint third, joint second was Brentford and Leeds with 23%. Yeah. So Brentford and Leeds, 23%. And then first place was Spurs, 30%. Oh, really? Mm. I was surprised that Anfield weren't there. Anfield only got 1%, mate. Did it really? Mm. Sure. Oh, really? I think I think Anfield probably, in terms of grounds... Is probably my favourite away day. I would say, yeah, because yeah, mm. just the the atmosphere of it and the sort of the significance of how historic that ground is, and the sort of mm. the fact it's right in the middle of the city, like you know, in the housing estate, and you know, it's mm. like this sort of rundown like shitty little housing estate, and then there's just like this massive stadium and stuff with such history and like the whole hills for stuff and the sort of significance of that stadium. I think it's probably yeah. my favourite ground as well. Yeah, it's a good night out as well. Yeah, brilliant night out. I, I just hope we can do some of these away days, mate. I really do. Uh, Liverpool's yeah. a great one. Manchester, Leeds, you know, we have some good times. That will yeah. be covered on the Patreon as well. Our Patreon needs to really sort out the video option. Are we going to be yeah, they thinking do. about this Carpenter. the other day? Yeah, I am putting the heat on them a little bit. Good. And uh, just sending some stroppy emails to them now to get them to put their finger out. Because even when you speak to some of the patrons and some of the issues they've had, they're fucking useless. Well, they're losing us patrons. Because people yeah, leave. Quite possibly, yeah. Well, they are. Because if you read the exit surveys that you could do as a patron when you leave, most say technical issues. Mm-hmm. Some say they don't like Dave Walker, but the most, <laughs> most say technical issues. <laughs> um, so, fi- final thing, coincidentally, is best thing about Patreon. Um, and there was four that got significant votes. So, in fourth place, with six percent, was the Extra Time podcast with six percent. Third place, with fifteen percent, was the Community. Second place um, with 31% is the normal podcast. So this one. Mm. And then first place was exclusive news and team news with 44%. I think the only thing that, well, it's a couple of things that surprised me. I, I thought news and team news would have pissed it, to be honest. I, I, I know this podcast is popular, but I thought there would have been a bit more of a percentage gap there. But the real eyebrow raiser for me is the 6% on the Extra Time show. Yeah, well, the difference between the normal podcast and the extra time podcast quite significant. So yeah. people prefer to t- listen to me and you rattling <laughs> on about the prediction league and code red and everything, everything yeah. else that comes up. Then, yeah, uh, well, I, I did actually see some people say, "Why is the uh, prediction yeah. update not yeah, uh, an option?" I, I know, I saw that as well. I <laughs> yeah, that, I was but, uh, <laughs> and, uh, there was a few others as well. Like, people were saying a lot of them was like for everything, you know. Um, some people said your impressions. Uh, 
um, which uh, <laughs> I don't hope you've got some saved up for today. No, uh, fucking heaven. <laughs> a few people said that they like the fact that it's not Twitter. It's not so reactionary yeah. as Twitter. Um, a couple of people throughout the the um, answers asked if we should do a poll. Who do they prefer, me or you? But I was like, <laughs> sod that. You'll, you'll win it easily. No, uh, so you're joking. Like, you, you, you walk on water, mate. You do. You're... Uh, the people's champion. No, my, my news is, but not me as a person. Yeah, no, I'd I agree think. with that. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think I'm a little bit like Marmite. Not that I'm gonna say people love me, but I think you either sort of don't mind me or you fucking hate me. <laughs> or so tw- <laughs> or so Twitter is uh is is to go by. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think no, it's, but- uh, the difference, what I would say, one thing I would maintain is that. X in inverted commas and the real the real slim X. Not there is a slim X, but uh, yeah, the real fat X um, is uh, is um, is very different. I think in terms of personalities, and I'm sure you, as someone that knows both, would probably agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And this is the thing, you know. Listen. I desperately don't want to get into trolls and all that kind of stuff. Oh, no, I think no. it does people's fucking heads in and uh, yeah. it does my head in as well. But, you know, it, because it's in context, the latest one that we were both involved in was that fucking Bellend who just decided to put a complete character assassination on both of us. And he's never met us before. You know, yeah. never met us, doesn't know us, probably doesn't listen to the show. So he's like, where the fuck's it come from? So, and, and, the and then is, fucking shit himself when I turned it back on him and deleted his account. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, what a bellend. Serves him fucking right as well. He ain't going to get any sympathy from me. You know? No, well, that was the funny thing. He paid the victim. So yeah. he, said, he sent me and you a load of personal abuse. I, took, I screenshotted some ones where he was sucking up to me and also said something like, what gives you the right to say this? People turned on him and then deleted his account because he didn't want any more abuse. <laughs> yeah, honestly, people blow my fucking mind at times. They really yeah. do. Uh, so, yeah, and, and that's it, really. You know, but the good thing is, you know, okay, you get fucking idiots like that. And, you know, people are entitled to their opinions. Every, you know, might be people listening to this podcast that don't like me or don't like you but want the news or whatever it may be. But, you know, it's very simple. If anyone has an issue with anyone in life, don't follow them on social media and don't listen to any of their content. Well, this is very straightforward. I don't know why you have to go out your way to publicly express why you don't like someone. You know, there's people I don't like. I'm not going to spend my time fucking telling people that I don't like them and why. Exactly. This is the thing that I find the most amusing, right? So basically, you know, you get like, the people that hate what I do, whether they think I shouldn't be leaking it or they think I'm a fraud or whatever, yet by constantly talking about me, they keep me relevant. The best thing to do, and it's a bit like Clara and Hugh at the moment, I don't know if you've seen, but they're getting a bit of stick on yeah, social media, yeah. like a lot of stick for contradicting their stories, which in their defence, they often say report, say reports and then say what they think's true, but they do contradict themselves as, as well, which they which they've always done. Um, but but on the same side, Sean is a, is a decent fella. Um, not going to comment on the other one so much, but Sean is a Sean is a decent fella. But like they've got a lot of stick on social media this week. Um, and people like quoting their news and then saying, "Oh, this is bullshit." Why? But if you keep doing that to a website that is based around hit, like you know, they're, they're, the website is full of adverts, so it's clear that their motivation is ad generation, uh, finance generation. So if you if you keep talking about them, no, like all news is good news in that respect. So if you because people will still click it. So the best thing if you're that anti them is to not to not talk about them the same yeah. with me the same with anything like if i you know there's certain people i don't like in the world but i don't fucking go on about them i just don't talk mm. about them or even i want anything to do with them yeah spot don't, on don't understand on. it no but on the flip side though there is obviously a massive positive element to what we do and uh you know the support for us is fantastic and there's so many good people behind us and one of the things that I, i've seen a lot from people and i can understand it as well because i think if i'd be in their position listening to a podcast that i enjoy every single week um i'd feel the same but you know this comment comes up quite a lot actually um where they say i've never met you boys and you don't know me but i feel like you're my friends yeah. because i feel like i i would 
get on with you and like to go for a pint with you because I've been listening to you every week for the last four years. So I feel like I know you, even though we've never met. And that's quite a beautiful thing that, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I agree. It's very, very um, complimentary when people say that sort of thing because you think, well, all we're doing is t- talking a load of shit, really. Um, so <laughs> yeah. um, it's, uh, oh, I've just seen the she foul thing. He just basically knocks into the, the manager. Uh, yeah, so there's nothing major really. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, I, I do like that. And and to be fair, it feels like I know a few people on social media. I mean, people have been very good to me. Those that, you know, have taken the time to message me and stuff about what I've been going through this year. I mean, it's taken another twist in the last few days as well. Not, not for the good, but um, we're plodding through and stuff. But the fact that people just sort of always sort of, I know the ones that um, I know and stuff have got their, you know, their best wishes sent our way it's, it's good really because all we do is two two fat lads sort of talking down a microphone <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah so it is complimentary definitely yeah it is it is well that was a lot of fun so i really enjoyed that uh x thanks for putting that together mate and um doing the categories last week and then the announcements this week i only actually saw the results of probably two of them so i was i was looking forward to seeing what the outcome was for most of them myself so brilliant and obviously thank to the patrons for voting um and if anything as well it, it kind of brought back some memories of what's been a fantastic season and in your mind it's nice to revisit some of those things so that was really really enjoyable but i will say it has been a little bit quiet on the west end front recently um is there reason to be quiet or is there something we don't know there's only one way to find out To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Between the job, the kids, the TV I need to binge watch, I've got a lot going on. But I just discovered my new favourite shortcut, Safeway on Instacart. Everything I need delivered right to my door in as fast as one hour. Safeway's organic produce, fresh treats from the bakery. Oh, paper towels. Hang on, I gotta place another order. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get $10 off your first order using the code SAFEWAY10. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $35. Additional terms apply. My mom is 81 and she's having trouble walking, taking care of herself, and remembering things. There are expectations. My mom feels I'm her daughter and I should be able to do for her. Sometimes the help they need is more than we can do alone. Care makes it easy to find senior caregivers who live nearby and know how to help. I love my mom, but I I need some help. The best decisions are made with care. Find help for your mom or dad at care.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.